0: Some of you might remember the story about the little boy in his Sunday school class, and he had been given the task of memorizing the 23rd Psalm. So every evening he, uh, when he was home from school, he'd recite the psalm to himself. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And finally, the day came and his Sunday school teacher asked him to stand up and recite the 23rd Psalm. And he got up. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And, and then he stood there for a while and he said, and that's all I need to know. And he sat down again. <laughs> what truth is there in that? The Lord is our shepherd. And that's all we need to know. If we truly trust that the Lord is our shepherd, then we can trust wherever he leads us to go where he leads because he is the one who cares for us and who will lead us into paths of righteousness and hold us close. Nine and a half years ago, I was... uh, the non-stipendary associate at the New Mission Plant Church of the Incarnation with a good friend of mine, John Davis, who was the vicar there. And uh, it was a time of excitement, and um, I loved being in that wonderful community of people. And uh, Ernie Bennett, who was the then canon to the ordinary, called me, And said, Sarah, uh, Bishop Howe and I are going to start putting your name in to be rector. And I said, well, Ernie, I'm actually quite happy where I am. Um, I really love these people. And he said, "Um, yes, Sarah, but you will be obedient, won't you? (laughs) And those of you who know Ernie uh, know that he was serious about that. And so I said, well, but Ernie, um, the only place that I would feel called to is Church of the Good Shepherd. Because a couple of years previously, John and I, when we were still in the wonderful community at All Saints, had um, he'd asked me to uh, be a speaker at a conference we had there. And, uh, and I'd met Joanne and, and a few other people from Good Shepherd and we had a time to sit and, and, and talk about what had been going on and, and my heart was just drawn to this Church of the Good Shepherd and then he said, well, that's not going to happen, Sarah. He said, uh, we've already got Robbie in place there, so why don't you... I'm going to put your name in at another place, and I won't say the name. And I said, but Ernie, I don't feel called there. And he said, Sarah, you haven't even seen them. You haven't even met them. And I said, I know, Ernie, but there's nothing there. And he said, well, uh, you will be obedient, won't you, Sarah? <laughs> well, um, you know the ending of the story, uh, Two searches later, um, I was called to be the next rector of Church of the Good Shepherd. And the evening that uh, Wayne Waters, who was the then senior warden, uh, that evening when they called and said, did you, do you, we want to call you, do you need to pray about this? And I said, oh, I've, I've been praying about this. This one has been a long time in prayer. And I want to share with you that this evening's lectures in the daily office are from Joel. And he says this, I will repay the years that the cutting locust and the swarming locust have eaten, says the Lord. I will repay. In other words, I will bring growth. I will be the one, says the Lord, who brings full growth into this place. It is the Lord who does that. And so here was where the Good Shepherd led me into a church called after him. I must admit though, there were times in those first two years where I questioned the Good Shepherd as to the path he was leading me on. Those of you who are around will remember, thankfully, the pitched roofs had mostly all been replaced because of a storm and they'd been replaced with insurance money, but the steps on the cha- on the chapel and the ramp were completely rotted out. Um, the fascia on the buildings, on this building and that building, were rotted. The chapel was actually sinking to one side into the ground. So we had old jealousy windows all the way around the courtyard, and every time we'd replace a CD player or a TV, it'd be stolen out of there. The doors are barely closed, and they were peeling off all the way around there. The keyboard went out on us one Sunday. Um, The audio cables were strung in such a way that we got huge feedback all of the time from them. And randomly, we would pick up a salsa radio station. (laughs) So in the middle of the Gloria, we also had salsa going on. Most memorably, that happened during a funeral, also at one point in time. The A.C. in the church, the huge one, went out. That was right around Christmas time, and it was quite cold that winter, so we had to tell older parishioners to please bundle up because there was no heat going to be available. And then the big air conditioner in the parish hall went out, the uh, posts holding up the covered walkways were so rotted, we were worried that the roofs were actually going to start tumbling down onto the walkways. The irrigation wasn't working, and our sweet Charlotte, unbeknownst to anybody until much later, was coming out in the dark Holding a hose and moving it from place to place so that the grass did not die. We had an infestation of rats. That was a lot of fun. Because they died randomly around the place. <laughs> Um, They particularly liked underneath the chapel so that we never knew on a Saturday evening what smell was going to assault our nostrils when we arrived to set up services. And memorably, one died over there, and um, I've never seen this before, but apparently this does happen. A swarm of flies took the place of the carcass in the room. So we shut the doors and just didn't go in there until we thought they'd maybe all died. And then there was a feral cat who decided to make her way up into the walkway above uh, the hallway to my office and Terry's office. And evidently, uh, she was so laden with kittens that gradually the uh, casings for the lights were dropping down And so I wasn't ever too sure whether or not I was actually going to come in with a hissing cat at me in the morning. I found, which I didn't know we had, that we had placket doors which had glass. And so I would kind of pull them closed and then kind of inch around to make sure that it was safe to go down to my office. The animal control said there's nothing up there. I said, oh, yes, there is something up there. But he couldn't find them because of the false ceiling until one of the kittens evidently died with the ensuing stench in that part of the building as well and finally found them. And I think, Barbara, didn't you adopt one of them? Um, But anyway, I think the crowning glory was between the services when someone came up to me and said, Reverend Sarah, there's a dead armadillo in the baptismal font. I said, that's the warden's job. <laughs> and then we had a prayer walk all the way around the campus. And things started getting a lot better. But all of that with no money. In fact, I arrived to um, a $5,000 deficit budget with no reserves. And I only partially, in jest, say that during that time I was counting paper clips. So much did we have a tight rein on the expenses. The books made no sense. Even the treasurer of the diocese, who came, who was a CPA, shook his head and kind of left and said, "I think you better start from scratch all over again." The chart of accounts was so long that, that the book, then bookkeeper was just kind of randomly picking expenses. So it was hugely long. But you know what? Every time I got to the point where I'm going, Lord, is this really where you're leading me? He would send somebody who knew how to fix the things that needed fixing. He sent Rich Thompson for our audio. He sent uh, Gordon for our lighting. He sent so many people. And then he worked on the hearts of the people to give over and above so that abundantly everything was covered. <clears throat> and then some. That's the Lord's doing. He just poured out, he opened up the storehouses of his mercy and his grace and his provision, and he poured it into this place. He has something for this place. He loves it so very much. And every year since, we have had a surplus in the budget. We have kept a tight budget But every year, there has been a surplus. And over the years, it has become a place of beauty, serenity, and peace. But so much more than the physical plant were the people into whose midst our good shepherd had called me. This is a people who love who love extravagantly, whose heart is always open to the stranger, who welcome all into their midst. They truly follow this king of love, whose goodness faileth never. The gift of hospitality is part of the very fabric of this place. In the midst of all of those financial troubles, and they were troubles, the faithful food bank committee continued to provide food for the community. They refused to be daunted and continued this outreach ministry. Great is their faithfulness. Early on, we had a vestry retreat with Mary Tomlinson and out of that, the vestry discerned what they were already doing was their mission to reveal Christ's love. To those who were within the fold and those who the good shepherd had gone in search of. And all of the ministries were held up to that mission. Are they... Revealing Christ's love is Christ's love being revealed within the communities and going out into the greater community. And so many people came forward to love sacrificially as the good shepherd shows us to. The Order of St. Luke, the physician was started to pray in love for those in need of the Lord's healing. Eva Walsh started Tabitha's Treasures to show love for those in need of a physical reminder of God's love and healing care. With the chemo cap and the prayer shawl ministry that continues to this day under the leadership of Sue and so many, a small group of faithful people. Joy Sutton started Magnify the Living Lord series whereby the love of the shepherd revealed in the lives of his children can bring loving encouragement to others. Our Lenten ingatherings have shown that love to those around the world. The live nativity that began as a vision given to Bobby, but quickly became a vision for the entire congregation, was there to show the love of the God who came to his own people as a newborn baby. And several years ago, we started one fellowship under the word group so that people in that group could dig deep into the love of the good shepherd through his word and share that love by caring for each other within the group. There are now three fellowship under the word groups, plus the young adult group that Father Cameron has started. And of course, the fulfillment of a seven-year vision that the Good Shepherd brought us, our school with the teachers and the staff, this wonderful children to love. And there are so many others Our hospitality commission shows the shepherd's love in so many ways, but perhaps most deeply by organizing funeral receptions where those who are grieving the death of a loved one can feel wrapped in the shepherd's loving arms. And there have been 40 over these last eight and a half years. Clearly, one of the ministries that the Lord had called me to in this place, the good shepherd had called me here, was to enter that holy ground where his children are on the threshold from this world to everlasting life. And to reassure them that the one whom they have known is indeed waiting to welcome them home like the little boy. All they need to know is that the Lord is their shepherd. But it is amazing that even though they cannot speak, they will mouth the words of the 23rd Psalm in that King James Version when it is recited at their bedside. How much comfort there is in those words. The image of the Good Shepherd had always been one of my favorites since school times. But when I got here into the big church, uh, there was nothing iconic of the Good Shepherd. And I mentioned that, I have to mention that one time again to Sweet Charlotte, and uh, she talked to Bev Gerdis about it, who is Neil Schweitzer's uh, widow who built the, was the architect of this building. And I guess they knew Crosby Willett, who happened to be in town. So here, very early on, I'm dealing with air conditioners and all of the rest of the stuff that's breaking down around the campus, and we have a meeting about a stained-glass window. And, uh, and I'm thinking, there is just not going to be any money for, like, forever um, to do that. But... Uh, So Crosby asked, well, so what do you think that that's going to look like? And I said, well, I'm not an artist, but let me tell you the story. The good shepherd is the king of love, whose goodness never fails. He never stops looking for his lost sheep. He'll go through thicket and bramble, uphill and down vale. He will get scratched and blooded, but he will never give up searching out those who are lost. And when he finds them, he gently lays them on his shoulders and brings them home rejoicing. In the words of poet Elizabeth Claythorne, none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed or how dark the night that the Lord passed through and he found the sheep that was lost he tenderly cares for all his sheep all of you he knows you individually He calls each by their name. He leads them into green pastures beside still waters. He restores their souls, leads them on paths of righteousness. His rod and his staff protect them in the face of their enemies. His goodness and mercy will follow them all the days of their lives. And at the end, I said, oh, dear, I think I just preached a sermon to you. And he said, that's okay. He was writing down and he took it back with him and he gave all of his notes to one of his stained glass artists who was a nun. And uh, a few weeks later, or probably a couple of months later, Charlotte and I on the same day received the mock-up of the stained glass window. And we were both in tears. We, we'd received it independently, but we called each other. And as we're talking about it, we, would, we were just in tears. And, uh, and and then we looked at the price tag, and we were also in tears. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, this is just, this is beautiful. And, uh, and one of these days, maybe my successor... Um, And then our dear brother in Christ, Jim Burgess, went into the nearer presence of our Lord. And Irene came and said, I'd love a window in memory of Jim. And I said, well, amazingly, I have a mock-up of one. And she also looked at it and was just blown over by it. And that's why we have the good shepherd looking down on us today in memory of jim several people over the years have given me plaques or statues with the quote from acts 20:28 20, keep watch over yourselves and over the flock of which the holy spirit has made you overseer to shepherd the church of god that he obtained with the blood of his own son See, clergy are just sous-shepherds, like a sous-chef. We're completely dependent on the good shepherd. We only fulfill for a season that to which the good shepherd has called us. And to fulfill that ministry, we are to be profoundly a people at prayer so that we can discern the will and the purposes of the good shepherd, never stepping out ahead of where he first leads. And I am so thankful that this good shepherd has called such a man of prayer. To be the Sioux shepherd of his sheep into this next season. And I cannot begin to tell you how blessed I have been to have been called the Sioux Shepherd here over these last few years. I think early on I knew that this ministry was one of preparation and foundation on which another would build. So although I will not physically be here to see the full flower of what the Lord has begun. It will be known because his hand is on you. His hand is on this place. And although we may not see each other face to face as we have, we are eternally connected. For as our readings emphasize today, the good shepherd laid down his life so that he would be the gate through which we pass to receive eternal life. And there will be a time, God willing, in the distant future when we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death with that good shepherd and have eternity to enjoy each other's company. For we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever all we ever need to know like the little boy is that the Lord is our shepherd and we can surely trust him on this life's pilgrimage amen